0: right now jesus lord anyway you're here today and you need healing don't be afraid all right you're here today you need healing i actually got something in my body i need healed just put your hand up high enough so i can see it thank you thank you thank you keep your hand up all right just keep your hand up keep your hand up right now in the name of jesus see we're teaching on healing because we want to see healing we're teaching on health because we want to see health and so i want to see you touched today And I believe that as we go through the service, you're going to get touched. You're going to get ministered to today. Today, let me tell you something. Today, the Lord Jesus Christ, he heals you. He heals you today in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these hands. If you've got a hand near you or somebody's raised a hand, stretch out your hand and touch them. Put a hand on them. So as a believer's anointing is to lay your hand on the sick and they shall recover. So we insist right now. We insist right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we lay hands on these bodies right now on the authority of your word. It says, lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Wherever there is dis-ease, where ease is disrupted, where the rest of God is disrupted, where the shalom of God is being attacked, we curse it in Jesus' name. We command every spirit of infirmity to go. and We command every dis-ease to go. We root it out at this very core, and we command it to go now in Jesus' name. So we lay our hands on the sick and they shall recover right now. We pray for instantaneous <laughs> miracles right now. We pray for instantaneous <laughs> miracles right now. We <laughs> We loose them. We work a miracle right now in the name of Jesus. We work it right now. We command it to be so in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, put your hands down. Now, how many, you had your hand up and you felt something touch your body? You had your hand up and as we prayed, you felt touched. Thank you. Anyone else? we praying for you and you felt touched. Thank you, thank you. You felt something when we prayed for you, you felt something. Receive that. I'm telling you, receive it. If, if I preach the gospel for four weeks in a row, just preach straight up that God is good and he loves you, and because of the finished work of the cross, he forgives your sins, and he invites you into his family. If we did that for four weeks, and we didn't see one person give their life to Jesus, wouldn't you be concerned? Wouldn't you be like... Man, Pastor, you you just preach the gospel, and you know, the Word says that the the Spirit will attend quickly. The, The anointing, the manifestation of heaven, attends quickly to the gospel. We would be really concerned if we didn't see one person except Jesus. You know, salvation is a big package, and it includes healing. The atonement includes healing. He forgives all our sins, He heals all our diseases. It should be very, very strange to us. If we do this 21 days of sending out these notes and four weeks of preaching and healing, it'd be very strange to us not to have testimonies of people's bodies healed. And we have. I mean, we have already, and it's good. But I want you to walk out of your hill today. How many believe your sins are totally forgiven in the name of Jesus? Put up your other hand and say, I'm healed. Because it's the same thing right there. The same faith that made you put up that hand, it's the same, it's the same work right there. If you could put up this hand, you could put up that hand, I'm telling you, then just receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Woo! I feel glory juice on this today. I'm just going to talk about faith today, all right? Ha-ha. <laughs> oh, Jesus, wow. Uh, Does anybody else feel something drop in the room there like that? That was something else. There Or something rose on me, I don't know, but I feel the goodness of God. Mm-mm. Okay, boy. Thank you, Lord. All right, we're going to go. We're going to talk about faith. Here it is. Hebrews chapter 11, great chapter. By faith, 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 by faith. I mean, when God repeats himself that many times, he's trying to get your attention. He's devoted this whole chapter to tell us that by faith, stuff gets done by faith. And it's by faith things happen. And let me tell you this. You are healed by faith. Now, you can get healed because of an anointing. You can get healed because a, a fantastic anointed minister looses an anointing you get touched. There's so many ways you can get healed. But one of the greatest ways you can get healed is just straight up believing that he's the Lord that heals you. Then you don't have to hope the wonderful special evangelist is in town. You could be all by yourself on a desert island and stub your toe and say, in the name of Jesus, according to the word of Almighty God, I command my toe to be well. And you know what? He attends. He watches over his word to perform it. So you got to believe that. you got to know that with all your, all your, all your, all your heart. So faith's a big deal. Now faith, now faith. Say now. now. I mean, they threw that word in there. Read every word in the Bible. Now faith. Not just faith is, but now faith. Now faith. That present work in faith. Faith is the substance. Faith is the substance of things. How many got some things? You know, look at things around you. Did you know that everything around you, faith is the substance of things? That chair you're sitting on started in the realm of faith. That chair you're sitting on started in somebody's heart. It started in somebody's imagination. They said, I need a chair that I can put in a church where they can sit for two hours and feel comfortable. (laughs) Somebody got a vision sitting on a bench one day and said, you need a better chair in church. They got a vision and they manufactured it. We bought it because we want you to be comfortable or at least have a nice nap while I'm preaching. You see, somebody had a vision. Somebody saw something in the unseen realm and they brought it into the seen realm. Faith substantiates things. Faith takes your visions and makes it reality. Faith takes the things that God has spoken over your life, and faith is how you get it from here to there. Faith is how you bring things from the unseen into the seen. Faith is it. See, faith is faith, but have you ever used a straw? Has anybody ever used a straw? Has everybody had, had, had something that you need a straw to get the, the pop out and you need a straw? And I wish I had a straw because I want to get that out. There's something in there in the can. There's something, I can't see it, but I know it's there. I want to get it out of there. So you take a straw, you shove it in there, and then you can suck it out, and that become manifestation in your body of a really bad substance that you shouldn't do too often. You know, it's the straw is just a vehicle. It's just a straw, but the straw is how you draw out of the unseen realm that thing that you bring into manifestation in your life. Faith in itself is just faith, but faith is what God has chosen. It's by faith you can bring into manifestation the Word of God in your life. Can I get a hallelujah? All right. Faith is. It's the substance of things you hope for. Another translation says faith is how you substantiate things. Faith is how you bring it into manifestation. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Say not seen. seen. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. How many got some not seen stuff that you want to see? Well, faith is how you substantiate and bring into evidence, the things you can't see. And there's stuff that you can't see. It all begins in the unseen realm. Everything begins in the unseen realm. But you see, when you do that, I love it, because it says Moses was a man after God's heart because he he saw the God who you can't see. He saw the unseen. And we want to bring it into manifestation today. All right, I got to move on. I really do. Come on. But without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to God must first believe that he is. Anyone who comes to God must first believe, must believe. Say, must believe. You must believe that he is, and not just that, that he's a rewarder, but you must believe that he is. What is he? He's God. He's a good God. He's a wonderful God. You must believe that he is, and you must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God is, and you got to believe that with all your heart because God's God, and I love him because he's God. I don't love him because he does anything for me. I love him because he's God. I love him because he's my God and he's my Lord and he's wonderful. But you see, you believe that he is, but you also believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Can I get a hallelujah? Matthew 9, 28 to 30, and when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him and Jesus said to them, he said, do you believe, do you believe, do you believe, he said, do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Do you believe that he's able to heal you today? Do you believe that he is able to heal you today? Yes, Lord. And they said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying according to your faith, let it be done unto you. And their eyes were open and Jesus sternly warned them, you know, don't, don't tell everybody what happened here. I don't want to get into things ahead of my time. So just keep that to yourself. All right. It's not time yet for me to have a full confrontation with, you know, everything going on, but he healed them. They came to him. They came to him. Why did they come to him? Because they heard about him. They heard that, you know what, my blindness can be dealt with if I could only get to Jesus. So they heard about him, so they came. And when they came, he said, do you believe that you can be healed? They said, we believe, Lord. And then he said, let it be unto you according to my power. Well, he said, let it be, poor Jeff, Jeff. Let it be unto you according to your faith. Amen. Which? Power. Faith. Power. I love Jeff, though he wants to say amen. I wish there's more people ready to say Amen? Amen. 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 Let it be unto you according to your faith. Wow, that's offensive, isn't it? So what are you saying? I'm still sick because I got no faith? What are you saying? You're saying I'm not able to appropriate the things of heaven because I have no faith? I'm not saying that, but it would be wrong for me not to say it if that was the problem. Whoa. Now, you know, you're heaping condemnation. No, I'm not. We're having a lesson. We're going to learn some stuff today. It's not always a lack of faith. Sometimes it has nothing to do with that. we'll talk about that. Is that okay? But you know what? It is a faith thing. And the biggest anointing in the world was preaching in his hometown. And it says he could not do any miracles because of unbelief. So folks, unbelief is a problem. All you got to say is, I don't want any unbelief in my life. Don't don't you know try to you know feel bad about the situation or feel I feel condemned. Don't don't even bother with that. Throw that out. Who cares? Huh? I've lived my whole life with a deformed thumb. How dare I preach the gospel? If you are who you say you are, command that thumb to be whole. In the name of Jesus. no joint there, but I believe I'm going to get a joint one day. You know, I had a metal joint put in my elbow, and for the first couple of years, it used to beep when I went through, and I'd have to roll up my shirt, and they'd, they'd go beep, beep when I went to the airport, right? It hasn't beeped for like five years, so I don't know what's going on there, but, and you know what? I don't have, uh, this was 15 years ago I had the put in, and they said, we don't know how long this will last, you know, but you got to come back, and it, it it may last you for 10 years or whatever, but I got no pain. My golf game's getting better every week. I don't know, but I'm not content with any of that. But you know what? I don't don't walk around condemned or I don't kind of hide my finger. Hey, everybody, how you doing? What are you doing? Nothing. I don't want them to ever see that I have a deformed thumb. You know, I had a deformed thumb all my life. I played football as the quarterback of the football team, and we had a muddy day in practice one day, and I, I was there underneath the, the center, and I'm like, Sid, 21, Red, 33. Hut, hut, hut. Oh. <laughs> dropped the ball in the mud, I went, crap. And I did it several times, dropped the ball in the mud. And the coach came and said, Thomas, what's your problem? I went, it's muddy. I mean, I'm just, he goes, you got to grab your hand. You got to ride up his crotch, ride up there with him. When he starts to go, you go with him and bring the ball back. Do you understand me? Don't pull away right up there with him and bring the ball back. And I'm like, right. He says, give me your hand, put it up there, straighten out your thumb. I said, I'm trying. He said, straighten out your thumb. I said, yay, I receive it in Jesus' name. <laughs> he said, what's wrong with your hand? I said, I was born like that. He'd coached me for four years. He made me the quarterback. And here he is in a muddy day. He's going, oh, oh, okay, carry on. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> then after the practice, he goes, Thomas, I, I never even knew you had that deformed thumb. Pretty awesome, eh? But I'll tell you something. There's nothing like this thumb for getting places where you, <laughs> and my wife says, man, you were blessed with that. Lord, Lord knew you needed that, so amen, amen, amen. According to your faith, look, don't get, don't get wigged out. Don't feel, pastor, it's terrible. You got, you know, poor, Shirley's getting better every week. Shirley's, Shirley's a sign of wonder getting better every week. She's, you know, (laughs) but you know, pastor, you know, when you preach so strong about healing, you know, what about the poor sick people? Well, you want the sick people want to stay sick? I mean, are you kidding me? Anything that encroaches upon vitality and life and strength and from my anointed spirit doing what God wants me to be, it's just plain wrong. We're not trying to offend anybody. We're just trying to get everybody well and to walk in a covenant of health. Amen? Amen. Amen. Man, so don't be offended. Young people aren't offended because they're fit. You know, they're full of life. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's go Mark chapter 9. Pastor, hurry up. Say, hurry up, Pastor. Thank you. <laughs> Mark chapter 9, 19, 22, 24. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? That's great stuff, eh? Right there. Jesus said, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Don't you love that passage? It's one of my favorites. I was mad at being a preacher one day. I was so frustrated. And I just read a leadership book that said the the, the ability to lead is dependent on your ability to manage frustration. I went, I'm not doing real good right now. I'm so frustrated. And I said, man, I got to manage this or I'll never be a good leader. And I was reading my Bible and I read this. And I went, Jesus, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? I was like, man, that sounds a little like frustration to me. (laughs) And he was without sin, amen? So the Lord said, a little frustration is okay, but don't live there. I said, okay, thank you, Pastor. Bring the boy to me. So here's a father. They come down the mountain. They're there talking to the heavenly father. He said, "Listen to my son." They come down. There's another father saying, "Help my son." Father on the mountain says, "Listen to my son." Father down below says, "Help my son." And here they come down the mountain. The rest of the disciples bickered with religious people, all fighting about healing and all that stuff. That's kind of like church day bickering and fighting over healing instead of just healing people. Problem is, can God heal? Will God heal? Is it His will? Blah blah blah. Bickering. Just get her done. Bring the boy to me. Bring the boy to me. He said, the spirit often throws him into the fire and into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. If you can. If you can. I mean, if you can, Lord, could you throw me a bone today? If you can, could you just help a poor guy out right now? I mean, if you can spare a moment there. I mean, if you can, help me out. And Jesus said, what do you mean if I can can't believe you just said that. What do you mean if I can? Sorry. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked and he said, anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. Are any persons here today? Any person who believes here today? anything is possible with a person who believes. So put aside all your confusion, all your frustration, put aside all your inability to see the manifest put aside all the the conflict and the you know the, the contradictions in your life. I've prayed for all these people and nothing but you know what I've prayed for four or five and I've seen something. So I want to get a better average we got to keep doing it. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, and I love this. I love this. Listen to this. He said, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Isn't that great? I love just, just radical openness of that. No fear in him at all. He says, I believe, I do believe, but help my unbelief. So, I mean, I'm believing as much as I can, but if, if there's anything in me that doesn't believe, help my unbelief then. You know, maybe you're here going, I believe, I think I believe, I've been doing my best to believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. Any unbelievers here today? You know, sometimes we got some unbelief, we don't even know it. Sometimes we, we think we believe, but then at the same time in our heads, we, we got contradicting things going on. It says a double-minded man shouldn't even expect to receive anything from God. Not a double-minded man won't receive, but a double-minded man shouldn't even expect to to receive. Hello? How are you guys doing? So you know what? You can't, you, you can have conscience. She's saying, he's saying, I'm conflicted. I believe and help help where I don't believe. Just help me. Help me. Help me. He said, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And sure enough, boom, Jesus dealt with that situation, cast out that demon and set the child free. That's good news. Say amen. 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 Hebrews chapter 11, 35, 39 to 40. Verse 1135 says, and there were others. Say others. others. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith Noah, by faith Joshua, by faith Samson, by faith, by faith, by faith women received back their dead, by faith, by faith, by faith. Powerful, powerful stuff. And there were others. There were others. There were those who were all condemned for their faith. Or, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There were others. There were others. These were all commended. Say commended. Commended Commended for their faith. Well done. That's awesome faith. Yet, none of them received what had been promised. Now, I'm not throwing this out so you can have an excuse to stay unwell. Not throwing this out as an excuse for you to stay in a place where there's limitation in your life and blockage in your life because God promised you good life, prosperous life. It's my will above all other things that you prosper and be in health. So it's my, it's my will to stay in his will, which is the safest place to ever be in the will of God. So you got to believe right now that it's his will. Now, if there's contradictions, there was people who were sawed in half. Isaiah was stuck into a tree and, and a stump of a tree and sawed in half in the tree. Every one of the disciples was martyred, except for John. He survived being boiled in oil. Imagine boiling oil. Have you ever boiled some French fries? You're taking your life in your own hands just boiling a French fry, let me tell you. In oil. He got dropped in like a French fry at McDonald's, and he came out. How do you do? People went through some stuff. They went through some things. There's a lot of people who, it says, it says that none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. I don't even know what that means, but you know what I think it does mean? Don't you ever judge what's going on in somebody else's situation. <laughs> Ever, ever. Because I know a lot of people that are standing in faith. I know people that stood in faith for years and and waited to see the manifestation. I know people that says in Hebrews, it says they died in their faith. You know what you call it when you die in your faith? You call that a good death. Hello. But in saying all of that, I'm not throwing that out. Neither did the Hebrew writer throw that at the end just to say, so you know what, if your life is miserable and you're having a hard time appropriating the promises of God in your life, that's okay. A lot of other people sucked as well. Did I say that? Yes, I did. But you know what? Never, ever judge somebody else's journey. I mean, I went down south. I was looking and it goes, is that an orange tree? And they said, no, that's a lime tree. Well, how do you tell? I said, well, I know by experience. But you know, sometimes you're trying to judge the fruit of something. It's not fully mature yet, so be quiet. Okay, just having fun with you. Is that okay? But what am I talking about? I'm talking about faith. talking about every person in this room being healed today. In Jesus' name, you're okay? Okay, move on, Pastor. Holy cow. Okay. Uh, okay, so let me. I got this phrase up here. Let me do everything I need to fill up my faith bucket. And then, if you can get enough faith in your bucket, you can go to God and say, I got a bucket load of faith. Can I trade it for a healing? Huh? So every one of you have a bucket, and let me just let me just check. Let me check Bill's bucket. Bill, where's your bucket? Did you leave your bucket at home? It's in her purse. The purse is a mystery. <laughs> it's in her it's in her purse. That was a good one. That was, that was funny, even if you don't get it. That was a, you know what I mean? I'll tell you. Jimmy Hoffa's in my wife's purse somewhere. I'll tell you. He's down there, he's lost, but I'll tell you. I don't even go in there, it's a mystery. I think I might lose my hand. But anyway. Sometimes I think we're like that. We're like, I just gotta get enough faith. I just gotta stir it up. I just I just gotta get to that place where suddenly I'm almost there. I'm almost there, I'm almost there. A miracle! Woo! That you know what that's called? That's called works. And we are not sozoed by works, but we're sozoed by faith alone. Faith alone. And it's, it's not, not like fill up a bucket faith. It's just the God kind of faith. Faith. So our faith is not in faith. Our faith is not in faith. The object of our faith is a loving God. He's the source of every good thing. There's some people, they've turned faith into a God, and they said, I got faith in faith. And It's not, and then we're running around just trying to qualify and be good enough or manifest or believe enough. I just got to believe enough. Let's go on. Faith, you ready? Give me a slide. Luke chapter 17, five to six in the message, the apostles came up and said to the master, give us more faith. Hey, well, the disciples said, give us more faith. Well, here's what the master said. You don't need more faith. That's what Jesus said. I know it's in the message. It's a paraphrase, but this is good because it states it right. You don't need more faith. You might need a little less unbelief, but you don't need more faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't need more faith and it's okay cuz you're agreeing with the bible so don't be afraid you don't need more faith there is no more or less faith there isn't if you have a bare kernel of faith you can say a uh, size of a poppy seed you can say to the sycamore tree go jump in the lake and it would be done it would be done just cuz you said it sycamore tree mustard tree little tiny a little tiny speck you can hardly see it boom that size of faith can move mountains So it's not a more or less thing. Yet we've been to seminars about the more or less thing. And then we feel self-condemned because I'm not getting a miracle because I just can't get it right. (laughs) Okay, let's go on, give me a slide. Faith, four basics of faith. There's lots, but I'm giving you basics, say basics. If we wanna teach on faith, we'd have to do this for a long time. I'm trying to get it done in one day, can you help me? Faith is a law, faith is a law. Faith is a law, Romans 3.27, by the law of faith. Number two, faith is a gift. When is a gift not a gift? When you have to earn it. When is a gift not a gift? When it gets forced on you. When is a gift not a gift? When it's something that you got to perform for. Faith is a gift, Matthew, Mark 11.22, have the faith in or of God. Have the faith. God is saying to you, have the God kind of faith. Have my kind of faith, have it. I want you to have it. I want you to have the same faith I had where I said, let there be light, and there was light. Are you saying God had faith? Well, how else do you bring up seen the unseen? God didn't have to have faith. Oh, relax, get a grip on yourself. He didn't have to have faith to believe in himself, but everything exists. There's not a thing that's not substantiated. The Bible says all things are substantiated by faith. So to bring things into manifestation, you got to exercise some faith. So look at the second thing there. Faith is a gift. Romans twelve three. God hath dealt to every man the measure. Say the measure. The measure. Say a measure. a measure. A measure is a brutal translation. It's wrong, wrong, wrong. Say wrong. wrong. It's wrong because you don't get a measure of faith. You get the measure. Here's the measure of faith. Here's the measure of faith. What measure is it? It's the measure of the God kind of faith. Every one of you have received the God kind of faith. How much did I get? You got the measure of faith. Every one of us got that gift of faith, every one of us. The third law, third law is faith comes by hearing the word. Faith comes, Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh. How's it come? It comes by hearing and hearing. So you've got faith, but you don't have faith in some things because there's some things you just don't know because you're ignorant. Ignorant. Or ignorant for those who couldn't understand that. See, if you don't know that you can appropriate something by faith, you're not going to do it. So sometimes it's not because you don't have faith, it's because you don't have knowledge. So it says faith comes by hearing. So when these blind men heard that Jesus was there and they heard that he'd been healing blind men and doing miracles, they said, here's what they did. They said, they believed in their heart and they said with their mouth, we're going to go down there and we're going to get some healing. So when they went, he said, you believe I can heal you? He said, I do. said, let it be unto you according to your faith. Say Faith. All right, hearing the Word of God. You don't lack the ability to believe, but you do lack the knowledge of what to believe. There are a lot of churches in town. I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe a few. There might be a few that would actually take four Sundays in a row and preach on healing four Sundays on healing and sending out an email every day about healing for 21 days. I don't know a lot of places would do that. Do you know why? Because they don't believe it's for today. And if it does happen, it's really random. And every once in a while, tick, 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 bingo! Oh, a healing being released today. Healing has been released. Healing is a covenant from God Almighty. I am the Lord that healeth you. So it's not something that pops in every once in a while or we get the right atmosphere. We're almost there. An A minor. There it is. That's weirdness. And a lot of, a lot of us charismatics got weird and thought you got to get the atmosphere just right and we got to quirk it like this. Turn this way, get your head contorted. You're ready. It's him. That's it. He loves you. He heals you. I believe. But see, when we make it so complicated, that's where condemnation comes in because I, I guess I didn't do it right. I'm so stupid. One of these days, I'll get it right. What's wrong with me? Why can't I receive? It's because we got stuff heaped on us that preach performance religion that if you jump through enough hoops, God will finally come out of heaven and touch you. He already came out of heaven, He already touched you. Everything necessary for your healing is done in Jesus' name. Are you all right here today? Are you all right? All right, don't lack the ability. So number four, four, four. faith works by believing and confessing. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mount, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that these things he says will be done. He will have what he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe you have it and you'll get it. Believe you receive it and then you'll have it. But what do you mean believe I receive it and then I'll have it? Don't I have to have it to say I believe it? I'm not gonna be phony or not authentic. I'm not going to say stuff that isn't true. I'm going to be real, man. Either I'm healed or I'm not, and I'm not going to get into that phony nonsense. I'm not going to say stuff that isn't so. Well, that's what faith's all about, declaring the things that aren't as though they were, so that God makes it so. So if you don't want to do that, then you don't believe in faith. Because faith has to be willing to dare, to risk, to step out and say, I believe God's word says what it says. I believe I'm healed. I receive that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Faith's got to do that. Well, what do you do if you still don't see it? Stand there for what you're standing there for. Stay in faith. Stay. If we're going to take a plane from London to Toronto, to get to Toronto in that plane, what is necessary for you to do? Stay on the plane. If you suddenly go, I can't take it, I don't think we're going to get there, it's windy, the plane is shaking, let me out. And you try to grab the door and go, Woo, you're not going to get to Toronto. (laughs) Sometimes you have to stay in faith. I've had a lot of people that we've studied the black boxes of their failures. Thank you, pastor. I believe it. I receive it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm healed. God's word says it. He's a good God. His word is his word. He honors it above his name. He would not lie to me. He would tell me the truth. He watches over his word to perform it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. You get out in the parking lot going, Ah, I tell you, my ankle hurts like heck. Oh, my God. I, tell you, I don't think I'm healed at all. I can barely push my brake pedal. Oh, my God. You see what just happened there? We check your black box, and your black box is a whole bunch of doubt, fear, and unbelief. So, yeah. How are you? Good. All right. Thank you. Okay. So, uh, Romans 4, 16. So, the promises are received by faith. What's healing? It's a promise. What's health? It's a promise of God. What's prosperity? It's a promise of God. How do I, I want that, Pastor. How many want that? I want that if God has promised that I can literally live my life out of his resources, I can lean into him and I can rest and he can become the source of my life, if those are his promises and they're all yes and amen in Christ, I say amen, I say yes, and I receive that. See, they are all received by faith. Why is it faith? Well, why did he make it faith? Why did he make it like that? He did it on purpose so that it has to be a free gift. Because if it was any other operation except faith, then we'd all be on a treadmill of, of earning it ourselves or somehow I'd put myself in the equation and it had something to do with me. But because it's just faith, it's the gift of God faith, it's the measure of faith that I can exercise because it's faith alone that I receive the goodness of God. Every single person can have it and it demands it be a free gift. It's grace or it's nothing. You can't have it by adding anything to it. If you add anything to the gospel, you remove the power of God from it, and you got false religion. So you got to, see, it's got to be faith because it's a free gift, and we are certain to receive it. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. It has to be faith because the only way to get whole is the grace of God. The only way to get your breakthrough is that you understand and you believe that it is his will, his passionate desire for you. And the only way to receive it is say, thank you, I believe you are a good God. And so he made it faith so that it can only be grace or else we got religion jumping in and saying, well, it's also performance. No, it's not. And he made it like this, so it had to be that way. Give me another slide. Therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith, and it depends entirely on faith, in order that it might be given as an act of grace, unmerited favor, to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to everyone. See, God wanted to level the playing field to every single person. There's nobody in this room that's more significant to God than anybody else. God made it a low, low bar. Boom, right there, faith. That's it. That's all you gotta do. And you know what? The faith that you need to express, I'll give it to you. It's the gift of God and it works. Faith works. Can I get a hallelujah? All right, I'll preach faster if I get in more hallelujah. hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. All right. Uh, let's go on. I'm almost there. I'm getting there. Romans 4, verse 20 says, He staggered not. I love that. And I had to put the I had to put the King James, the authorized version, because that's what I grew up with, right? You see, and I read other translations, but I grew up in Sunday school and I was learning the King James Version, right? The good old book, hallelujah. But I like it, it says, it says Abraham, he, he staggered not. Can you go back one more or did I miss it? There it is. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now listen, this. it didn't say he had strong faith. It says he was strong in faith. It didn't say he had better faith or stronger faith than his neighbor. He just stayed in faith. He was strong in faith. He did not quit. Don't quit on your belief don't quit. He believed. He was strong in faith. Give me another slide there. Is the amplified version of that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. In the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. See, that's what faith does. Abraham was lifted up eye to eye with God and he saw the DNA of God in his own life and he saw that this is faith. Faith declares the things that aren't as though they were so that God can make it so. And if you're unwilling to declare the things that aren't as though they were, you're unwilling to operate in faith. Wow, you people are so excited. Your enthusiasm is killing me. It's a bad confession right there, eh? Amen. Abraham got eye to eye with God. Give me another slide. Let's just keep moving. Keep moving. Abraham entered a realm where no man had gone before. A less than perfect man operated in the same life force as God. A man expressed the DNA of God. A man lifted up in the sight of God doing the God sort of stuff. A man declared the things that are not as though they were. That's why Abraham's called the father of faith because he was the first man who operated out of the DNA of God himself and he had the God-likeness that he possesses he began to operate as a superhuman in a human realm. Give me another slide, gotta move. David operated in the spirit of faith. David, 2 Corinthians four thirteen. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, or another translation says according to the psalmist. What psalmist? David in 116, verse 10, Psalm 116. He wrote, he said, I believe, therefore I spoke. I believe, therefore I spoke. If you're a believer, you are a speaker. You must have your speaker attached to your receiver. You receive because you believe. You need your receiver attached to your speaker. You can't receive if your believer, your receiver, and your speaker aren't working together. He said, I believe, therefore I speak. David was speaking. You are a speaking spirit. You speak things into manifestation. Principles of faith are taught, but the spirit of faith is caught. I could teach you principles of faith all day long, but the spirit of faith is something you catch. Have you been around somebody where they, they minister just their life just the way they are? Suddenly you got faith for more. I mean, I got a guy a guy from New Zealand, Bruce Monk. I just try to stay away from his meetings because every time I go to his meetings, I want to leave town and go start a work in some place where nobody knows Jesus because he's so passionate about the loss of people who haven't heard. He says, why do we keep talking to people who've heard? We should be talking to people who haven't heard. And every time I get around him, I go like, my God, I'm selling everything and I'm going to Wagga Wagga land. And that spirit of faith to break through to take new territory—that same spirit on him—it starts to get on me. I go, I got to get away from him, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell everything, and I'm gonna go. Ah! Have you ever been around somebody who believes in healing, and you know they do, and you're just there with them when you hang around with them? And like, healing is no big deal. Healing is, healing is—it's our benefit package. I am responsible by God to release healing. I have a debt. To God, because of his great love, to release healing everywhere I go. If I see sick people, I gotta heal. them. you get around those people, and you're like, oh my goodness. And it changes your whole life. See, sometimes you gotta get around people who got that kind of spirit of faith on them, because you know, spirit of faith, you can't teach it to you, you gotta catch it. David, these, it says, these four men were uh, were born to the giant in Gath, and they fell by the sword of David and the hand of a servant. This was talking about a giant who had six fingers and six toes, and he was a huge guy, another giant. Let me tell you, David killed the giant. When everybody else, the giants down in the valley taunting Israel, like, oh, oh, my goodness, look at the size of him. Oh, my God, I hear he's got brothers too. Oh, my goodness. And David goes, what do I get for killing that guy? Oh, shut up, David, what are you doing? He goes, oh, no, seriously, what do I get for killing that guy? It's not a problem. And then David went down there with a slingshot and he took out a giant. You know what happened after that? His, his, his uh, brother's son, his nephew, his nephew's name was Jonathan. Jonathan said, "Are there any more giants?" I want his nephew went and took out a giant. And then more of his mighty men started taking out giants until he had a whole generation of giant killers. That was a really good hallelujah. It was a good one right there. You could feel that it was right from the belly. <sighs> <sighs> Uh, 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 uh. I tell you, spirit of faith's a big deal. Come on, now everybody's killing giants. Now everybody's loosing healing. Now everybody's coming back every week with testimonies of healing. Everybody's been out there all week long healing the sick, healing the sick, healing the sick. I go to, I go to Africa. They asked me to come to Africa to speak at their 75th anniversary at our, our church there. And I'm there, thousands of people. We had 25,000 people under the roof. It was amazing. And I got all these guys on the platform who've all raised the dead. And like, and it's not, did you raise the dead? It's how many? And it's like, it's like, uh, 11, 14, 17. I'm like, and I'm going to speak now. I'm like, dude, just, just lay some hands on me. Rub on me a bit. You know, I did. I had somebody tell me once, Pastor... And they were with me in India, and they said, but remember when they brought that woman up who was the police chief's daughter, and they said that the baby had died in her womb, and she was broken, and said, oh, no. And they said they'd arranged an appointment. They were going to go induce her and you know, take the dead child from her womb. We prayed for her, and when it came back a year later, that girl came with her baby. And that's, that's true story. That's that's real deal. I went back, I was amazed, I was amazed. You know, so I'm going, well, I, I guess... I didn't really see it, but, you know, something they said was dead in her womb. But we prayed, and that child was born alive. So I said, well, I got one. <laughs> but I go down there, these people, I'm telling you, it's, it's nothing. Why do we think that people should always get saved when they hear the gospel, but we don't think people should get healed when we preach about the healing gospel? Folks, we got to start seeing that all the time. <laughs> Kenneth Hagin said, healing is the dinner bell to call people to come to the Father's table. You know, we got to ring the bell, ring the bell, ring the bell. We got to see healing, so we want you to see. So I'm going to go quickly through this. Can I? Can you say quickly? All right, I'm going to do it, amen. How many need my wife back up front to tap on the clock? I see that hand, thank you, I see that hand. That one was giving crouching applause, so it was good. Okay, give me another slide just because I'm lost now, so help me out is that another slide? We'll go, we'll go back to that one then. Thank you. Uh, oh, I love, David had a heart. David had a heart after God. He just did. So let's deal with seven attitudes really fast. You ready? And Pastor Cheryl is coming now. She's coming forward to tap the clock. Seven attitudes we're going to do really fast. Seven minutes, seven attitudes. You ready? Number one, if you're going to have an attitude of faith, same spirit of faith, David had this attitude. David, See, David used to play his harp and rejoice before the Lord, and the evil spirits would flee, because David walked around with a spirit of rejoicing, a spirit of happy, a spirit full of the joy of the Lord. And you know what? God Himself and Isaiah it says God looks for a joyful house. He's looking for a joyful house. God will bypass all kinds of houses just trying to find a house of joy. And you know what? If you're going to have a spirit of faith, it's going to be a heart. That, and I had to make them all D's, so this is why the D is in front of it, just for you to remember it better because there's a test next week. Number one, you got to have a heart that's delightful. Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. All joy and peace in believing. All joy and peace in believing. Says that in Peter, right? It says believing with joy and speakable full of glory, we're receiving. I tell you, a delightful heart, a heart full of joy is a heart that's going to manifest, a heart that's a magnet, a heart that manifests the spirit of faith. And you have the spirit of faith. I'm not trying to get you to have it. I'm just talking about attitudes that are manifest for people who have it. But as Paul said, we have the same spirit of faith. So you have it. You're not trying to get it. You got it. You just gotta get it over top of you and on you and manifesting. And I tell you joy is one of those things that causes a manifestation of the spirit of faith. Number two. Number two, a heart that's dreaming. You gotta have a dreaming heart. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off for strain. I added on, they are discouraged or they quit. Where there's no prophetic vision, where there's no preferred future. I mean, a a, a spirit of faith is constantly dreaming, looking for the next adventure, looking for the next place where we can download heavenly favor. What can we do next? And you got a dreaming heart. Your imagination is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Your dominant thoughts are directing you right now. Right now, your dominant thoughts are directing you. If you're thinking, where am I going to have lunch? When's he going to shut up? Your dominant thoughts are affecting you right now while you're listening to the Lord's word be spoken over you. So come on, get your thinking straight. Your dominant thoughts, you gotta have a dreaming heart, a delightful heart, delighting and dreaming. Number three, you gotta have a heart that's determined. What shall we say then of to these things? If God is for us, and it's rhetorical, rhetorical meaning that he is for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is for you. If he's for us, who can be against us? What can separate me from the love of God? Nothing. God has only good plans for me. God wants to give me good things. God wants me to enjoy life. Yes. I'm determined that God is good and he absolutely is committed to my best. And nothing is too hard for him. I'm determined that I will live in the exceedingly abundantly of God every day of my life. I'm determined, I'm delighting, I am dreaming, and I am determined that God is good. I am number four. I am decisive. I am decisive. Psalm thirty-seven, twenty-three. the Lord directs his steps of the godly. He directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Pick up your feet. Be decisive. Do something. Get going. Get going. What do you want me to do now? I want you to get going. Just pick up your foot somewhere, and you know what? God will direct it, but pick it up. Well, I want to start this. Then pick up your foot. God will bring it down exactly where He wants it to be, and He'll direct you decisively. He'll put you in your destiny. Be decisive. Make up your mind, get in gear, get your foot in the air, and God will bring it down. Number five, what am I screaming about? I don't know. Number five, a heart that is demanding. Isaiah forty five eleven concerning the work of my hand command me, God. You said you're a healer. I am a healer. Bring it on. Well, you bring it on. Good. Let's do this stuff. He doesn't mind bold approaches. I hate it when I'm in prayer times and people. Father, you know our dear sister. She has been so faithful. She's been so good to you over the years, Lord. Oh, God, you know, I've seen the years. We've seen the tears. God, we're trying to convince God to do something good. You don't have to convince him to do something good. He is good. He wants to do good. You know, he just wants you to put a demand on it. Put a demand on it. Oh, I'm not going to interrupt him. I just want to live forever and go to heaven. You know what? God doesn't want you to get to heaven. He wanted to get heaven to you so you could loose it everywhere you are right now. <laughs> Quit being lazy with the benefits that God's blessed you with. Oh, I hate this church. They keep on making us do stuff. I feel uncomfortable when I'm here because it's so friggin' demanding. Yeah. You sit in the balcony anywhere and be a doughhead. <laughs> Pastor, that wasn't very nice, was it, Pastor? Judy, say Hallelujah. Thank you, Judy, amen. There's anointing on that. God wants you to ask. He wants you to keep on asking. He wants you to come boldly to the throne of grace for what? To receive. Come on, he loves bold approaches. Number six, declaring hearts is declaring your servant has killed the lion. He's killed the bear, this uncircumcised Philistine. He'll be like, one of them. Do you want my armor, David? You put this on. I mean, you need this. You'll probably need this. I mean, you're going against a big guy. He says, I don't need any of that. I've proved God with my own tools. He's put things in my hand. I killed a bear. I killed a lion. I'm going to kill him too. And then when he got down in front of Goliath, Goliath said, Ha ha ha, is this the best thing you could do? Is this what's coming against me? Ha ha ha. And he said, I don't come against you in my own strength. I come against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And in the name of the Lord God of Israel, I'm going to cut your head off with your own sword. Ha, 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 ha. What a great story that we don't fight against flesh and blood. There's not people in your way, but there could be demonic things in your way. But he's given you all power and all authority over every work of the devil. Every work of the devil. Well, it doesn't include what I'm dealing with, Pastor. It does. And there's no condemnation. I mean, believe me. My doctor told me I got high blood pressure. I said, what? Well, I got to command that to get in line. He says, you got to take these pills. I said, Never. She said, you need to take this. I said, No. She said, Well, I'm giving them to you. If you don't take them, that's your problem, but I'm giving them to you, because I'm telling you, I don't want you coming back here in a slab. I'm not coming back in a slab. I got the medicine. Every some days I take it. Most days I forget, but, but she wants to see me again in, in July. Did I tell you about my blood? They said my blood was holding on to iron and I had the hemo, hemochromatosis. And so they sent me to another specialist. He drew a whole bunch of more blood. He said, You got hemochromatosis. I said, I don't think so. He said, Well, it's hereditary. So I said, Well, I still don't receive it. He said, Well, if you got it, you got it. I said, Yeah, I'm not receiving it. So he said, You need to become a vegan. I said, A vegan? I love meat. He said, you should eat meat, maybe something about the size your size your hand in this thin. I went, are you kidding me? I got a small hand. I, can, it be the, can it be the size of Bobby's hand? I do I, can, I can I get another hand, please? Because my God, I mean I'll starve if I have to, if it gets like that, I'll start eating my hand. <laughs> but anyway, I went back and saw him. He says, he says, hey, I got some news. He opens up a great big file. He says, first of all, you're not a blood, you're not a, a you're not an iron magnet. I went. Praise Jesus. He says, "You don't have it. You'll never have it." I said, "Praise God." He said, "But iron in your system does mean that there is a, a marker, for other issues. It could be, a tumor, or cancer." And I'm like, "Yeah." So I'm like, "Okay. Well, let's go through the files." So brutal. We checked for this marker, and it was negative we checked for this marker, and it was negative. We checked for this marker, it was negative. And I'm like, finally gets the last one, and we check for this one, it was negative. And so he closed us, through threw it back to the says, you're good to go. <laughs> so I said, listen, can, can I give you a little lesson on how to give good news to people? Because... Because like whatever that was, you really sucked at that. Honest <laughs> to God, I mean, you could have started with, you know what, Carl? You're perfectly fine, and let me show you the details of your fineness. But no, you dragged me through that nonsense, and I had to stand. I did spiritual warfare the whole time against. I don't receive it. I don't, I'll rebuke you in Jesus' name. I mean, I mean, in in the spirit, I had my my spiritual arms were right around his neck. On, <laughs> but praise Jesus. I don't have that. I'm not having that. I'm not. I'm not you know, I, I, got a, I got a bigger pill. It's called the gospel. <laughs> you know, just take your gospels. Amen? How many taking your gospels? We're sending you out videos every morning. You should be taking your gospels. I feel really good right now. I don't know about you, but something just got all over me. Ah! Wow. Okay. Hey, you got to declare stuff. You do. Declare it. You. Who? Who? You. God will declare it and I'll be okay. No, you will declare a thing and it shall be established for you. The light of God will shine on your path. Who's declaring it? Who? Who? Who let the words out? You. You declare a thing. All right. Say faster, pastor. Wow. See, I got stuck in that story and I tied up five minutes right there. Did you see that, John? Man, John, just put that above your head and wave it at me. All right. We're done right now. I just got one more. One more. Number seven. The heart is daring, say daring, daring. Shama, one of David's mighty men, he took his stand in his field. The Philistines were coming to take all their crops and everybody, come, Shama, run away. Like every year, we run away from our destiny. Come, Shama, run, 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 run. Shama said, This is the last year I'm running. And he said, I'm not running anymore. He stood in his field and he killed all the Philistines that day. I love it. God won a great victory that day. You know, okay, God can always win victory if you're willing to show up for the fight. Victory is assured if you don't run away. <laughs> don't run from the problem. Face it front on. Be daring and say, I demand that there be change. This is my inheritance. This is my pea patch. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to enjoy it. In the name of Jesus, one more slide. One more. That's well, Two more, sorry. You got the same spirit of faith, so keep your believer and your speaker connected. One more. Here it is. I don't follow Jesus so I can have a problem-free life. I follow him because he's my Savior, my Redeemer, my Lord. In Jesus, I behold the face of God. I embrace His certain and unconditional love for me. I praise and I serve Him not because He is the means to an end, but because He is God. I'm not here to try to get something. I'm not here to negotiate with God. I'm here because He is God. But on top of that revelation, let me tell you this He's a good God, and He's your healer. He's your life, He's your strength. He is health to your marrow and life to all your flesh. He is your God who roots out every attack, every disease and everything that would encroach against his purpose. He is your God and he's a good God and he's a God who loves you. Come on, stand with me. Thank you, John. That was good, that was good. Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. And Father, we've prayed so many times right now today. We've declared your healing right now. And in the name of Jesus, I just really believe faith has been unlocked. Faith has been released in this room right now. The God kind of faith. That measure of faith. That faith that brings the unseen into the scene. And in the name of Jesus, we speak to every person who's suffering from any sickness or affliction. We command them to be well right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> just say, I'm well. I'm healed. I'm free in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. we got one more week on healing, one more week. We're going to pray for everything, slap everything. We're going to get manifestations one way or another. If nothing happens, I will throw chairs. We believe Jesus. Can you bow your heads, close your eyes just one more time? Everybody's praying. Listen, if you're here today, you wandered in, and this little tubby preacher up there had been screaming at you. But you know what? God loves you. He really does. And He's for you. He's nuts about you. And He wants you to come home. He wants you to come home. He wants you to come. He wants you to accept the fact that you're a child of God and He loves you and He forgives you and everything's okay. If that's you and you're saying, I want to come home, I want to be restored to my father, I want to be restored to his family. If that's you, all I need to do is put up your hand really high. I'm going to count to three, and when I count to three, could you lift your hand really high and say, that's me. You ready? One, two, three. Just lift your hand really high so I can see it. Really high. Really high. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? You can still do it right now. Okay, we're all going to pray, and everybody's going to pray, so you pray, okay? Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, I love you. Pray with me, everybody. Say, Heavenly Father, Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for Jesus and the finished work of the cross. I embrace forgiveness. And I declare that I am a child of God. I declare that Jesus is risen from the dead. And I ask the Holy Spirit to come testify with my spirit. Make it clear to me that I am a child of God. Thank you for coming into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, that's awesome right there. I'm going to ask those that are here for ministry and those that are here to work on the altars today, if you would come. Anybody on prayer teams today, come and just be ready to minister to people. If you need prayer for anything else, you need a word, you need somebody to agree with you, you need some. Miracles happen at this altar. So many miracles. So many breakthroughs. So please, if you need prayer, please come and you'll get prayer. Don't forget to congratulate Werner. You know, Werner is a sign and a wonder. I think Werner's older than I am and he just got his black belt. Isn't that amazing? I can't even lift my leg that high. But you know what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I don't like karate. I like golfing. Enough about me. I want you to have an awesome day. I love you guys deeply. Love you so much. Bless you. Have an awesome day. In Jesus' name.